Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. Together, for you. Welcome to episode 39 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I have to say, I am having a really nice day so far. I woke up and got up early, even though I didn't have to work today, and went for a trail run with a friend. And it was one of those fun ones where we kind of got off track and we ended up exploring and just felt a little bit kind of spontaneous, different than a lot of my mornings often feel. Uh, And then now I have a day stretched out ahead of me with no office. I've done my paperwork already and I can just work on the things that I want to get done. And then tonight, it is September, but it's supposed to be 25 degrees today. So we are going to the lake and we're going to camp out uh, for a night at the lake and enjoy some nice sunshine. And that's a near perfect day for me. So I'm really excited. If you're just joining, I'm Siobhan Key. I'm a family physician and obesity medicine physician in Canada. And I am a weight loss coach for physicians. So what does that mean? That means that I have a special interest in helping other physicians get control of their eating and lose weight the way that they would like to and keep it off. So I focus really on a lot of techniques dealing with our thought patterns around food and how that impacts our eating. How do we uh, not eat when we're stressed and manage stress and busyness in other ways? That's really my area of interest. When I started doing obesity medicine and running the weight management program that I run, I started just with kind of, okay, this is what we need to eat and let's do a little bit of CBD type work. But the more I've done it, I really realize that if it's just about telling people what to eat, we've been doing that for years, right? To truly get a handle on weight, we need to do it differently. And that means... I really believe we need to start with our brains and learn how to navigate our food environment, which is a challenging one here in North America, in a way that lets us maintain a weight that we're happy with. And so as I've gone, I've developed more skills and done more learning around uh, the mind work that helps us actually make those changes. And the beauty of this type of work is once you figure it out and you figure out how to manage your own brain, then you can keep applying that forever. Like it's a skill that once you learn it, you've got it and you can apply it to so many different situations. So I think this stuff is really powerful and that's why I like it so much. And that's why I decided to start sharing it with fellow colleagues who were going through the same struggles that I had gone through because this stuff was so powerful for me in my own weight struggle, in my own weight journey, that I think it's really important that everybody who wants to has an opportunity to learn this stuff because it's definitely not what we were taught in medical school. All right, speaking of medical school and related things, today's topic is uh, talking about on-call. And so what I'm going to teach you in this episode is how to get through being on-call without it totally throwing you off your weight loss plan or your eating plan. And I know not everybody listening does call, but this is applicable to shift work. And really, it's applicable to any situation where you have 
some days that feel super busy and feel a little bit out of your control, you can apply the same stuff to those days, even if you're not doing call and being up through the night. And to help make this easier to apply to your life, I've created an on-call plan worksheet uh, so you can actually sit down and work through and create your own plan for your own situation. Head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash on dash call and you can download the plan and really make the power of pre-planning work for you. All right, let's do the quick disclaimer and then we'll get right to it with my best tips. And now a quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. All right, let's talk about being on call. So for a lot of us, this is just a fact of life of being a physician. It's something we knew would be part of it when we went into it and chose our particular specialty. Doesn't mean we always like it. And it doesn't mean that we necessarily are ever taught skills on how to navigate it. I think being on call, and especially when you're on call, have disrupted sleep and then still have to keep working the next day is a fairly unique situation that really we're never actually taught skills. We're just kind of taught to just pony up and get through it, essentially. And when that comes to eating, I think there's a lot of us out there that navigating that on call and that chronic sleep deprivation that we go through and that we went through in our training can lead to some uh, eating habits that don't help our weight. (laughs) And I'm saying that lightly because really when I look back, Uh, I think I probably would have had like weight issues and had to figure it out. But really where it really took off was starting third year medicine when I was starting to do call and starting to deal with the sleep deprivation and being up all night. And then in residency is where it really became a problem. And what that was is my way of dealing with A, feeling kind of out of control about my schedule and B, always feeling tired was that I looked for food that would be easy because I felt I didn't have enough time to choose healthy choices or to prepare healthy choices. And then I also looked for food that gave me some comfort because I wasn't actually feeling like I was getting comfort or really had control to seek comfort or self-care in other ways during that training. It was kind of like you were up The next day you got to go home at noon when I was a resident and a med student, unless it was academic half day, and then you had to stay for that. And you then started again the next day, even though you really actually hadn't fully caught up on your sleep. So you're chronically tired. And for me, I know tiredness is definitely a trigger for hunger. And that is uh supported by evidence showing changes in our hunger hormones when you're tired and sleep deprived. Sleep is so important for weight loss and maintaining a healthy weight. And so it's kind of funny that we as physicians know that and yet our uh, careers don't generally allow that. 
But so sleep was a trigger for me to be hungry. But more importantly, I think sleep is a trigger for me to want to emotionally eat. So it makes me want to just eat carby type food because it makes me feel better for that little moment in time. And what's interesting for myself when I look at it is I've done this for years, like um, starting in med school, I discovered McDonald's breakfast after being post-call. It's the only time I would eat it, but it would um, just feel like decadent kind of. And I think what that did is, yeah, it gave me like a bit of a dopamine hit from all the processed fast food that was in it. But then later, like an hour or two later, I would probably feel more tired because of that food that I ate. And yet when I was in it and doing that, I couldn't really see that negative downside. And what would I do? Well, then I would just go eat more food and try and find other stuff to kind of wake me up and make me feel okay. And then I think the other thing that's important to note, or at least my experience was because call is a constantly reoccurring thing, if you're in this cycle you're either on call where you feel really busy and you feel can't plan, you're post call where you feel really tired and you're maybe emotionally eating because you feel like crap because you didn't sleep. And then the next day, the post post call day, I always feel tired too, even though I may have had a night of sleep, like the sleep deprivation uh, carries over. And as I get older, it carries over more and more, more days. Uh, so then that's three days that you feel kind of crappy and you're not really planning. And then pretty soon you're back into being on call again. And what that means is it's this reoccurring cycle where when I was doing it that way, there weren't that many days to actually plan and eat healthy food. I always had intention in it that yes, I would go back to eating healthy food and tomorrow would be better. But really, there weren't a lot of tomorrows where things were better when I was doing it that way. So now my call experience is much better. And it's better overall. It's not as stressful. And I've figured out how to eat and really realized that eating the crap though I want to in that moment actually makes me feel worse. And I do better if I just don't. And so now I generally can be on call and often I end up fasting a bit because it just works and I actually feel a bit better or I just don't eat until I have a chance to eat something healthier. And often now I'll make myself go to bed instead of eating because really when I'm hungry, if I have time to sit down and eat or go to the restaurant to get food, probably that time for me anyways is better used laying down and having a little bit of a nap for as long as I'm able to. So I've developed these tips and these are my best tips of how to set yourself up with a plan for navigating uh, being on call. And I think if you are a physician doing on call or shift work and you're trying to lose weight, this is a really important area to focus on because it's like a tripping area. So if you set yourself up with a plan and you just know, okay, I'm on call, so this is what I do with my food and this is what I expect my body's going to do and my brain's going to do, but this is my approach to it, then it just becomes part of your routine even though it feels like it's not a, in routine, it just is a new routine uh, for something that really is fairly predictable when you look at it uh, objectively, 
I tried to tell myself for a lot of years it wasn't predictable, but it really is pretty predictable. And I'm making a worksheet for you so that you can actually sit down with these tips and work through it to create your own plan about how you want to approach call. And so check out uh, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash on dash call. And there'll be a link there to download the PDF of your own on-call plan. Okay, number one, you need to watch the stories that you tell yourself about call. And now let me explain myself. And I'm going to explain it from a personal standpoint, because that's where I best experience it. But this comes up with people that I coach and work with too, is often we don't, let's be realistic, we don't like getting up in the middle of the night it's not super fun to be in a dead sleep and have a pager or a cell phone go off and have to head outside and go work. Um, and so sometimes our brains start uh, predicting what call is going to be like and kind of trying to plan for it. And what that often happens or creates is that we get more stressed. So for example, from my standpoint, what used to happen is I'd have a week of call of obstetrical call coming up and for days before it my brain would be thinking about that's going to be really tough how many nights are you not going to get to sleep look at how much other work you have to still do in that week you know what if you don't sleep this night and you still have a full day to work and it would come up with all these predictions and stories about how the call was going to be and that would have the effect of really stressing me out so for days leading into call I would feel stressed out. And then while I was on call, I would feel stressed out every night when I'd go to bed, my brain would be like, well, what if we don't get to sleep? Maybe are we going to get woken up? But look, we have so much to do tomorrow. And you kind of didn't sleep well last night. So if you don't get sleep well tonight, it's going to be really rough. All this stuff, which really boils down to story. So none of it was actually based in fact. It was my brain trying to predict the future. And generally, when our brains try to predict the future, it predicts it with a negative lens. So the reality of call was generally not as bad as what my brain's stories were about call. So even the nights when I'm up in the middle of the night and I still have to work, when you're actually in it and you're in the moment of that, it's not nearly as bad as the night before when I was thinking about the potential of that and what it would be like. My brain, the story it creates, creates a lot of drama around it and it made it worse. So I'd be stressed out leading up to call, be stressed out during call. And then I would have after call when I had missed some nights of sleep, I would have a lot of thoughts about how tired I was and how I didn't have enough sleep. And guess what? it made me feel tired. And it made me feel draggy. And so I think the number one thing is sitting down and really looking at what do you think about call? And what does that do to you? So if you think, Oh, God, I'm on call tomorrow. How does that make you feel like it probably doesn't make you feel good. And yet you can't change the fact that you're on call or generally you can't. But you can choose how you want to think about it. So if, if you even change it from like, oh, I'm on call, I don't want to do it, to I choose to do call, because really what it boils down to, 
we all do. We, we could choose to no longer work and not do call, or we could choose to change the type of practice profile we do where we don't do call. But for some reason, whatever your personal reason is, we are choosing to do a job that requires call. And sometimes just changing the thoughts slightly like that from like, oh, I don't want to, to, you know what, I'm choosing to do call, changes the emotion that's associated with it. So I think anytime I think in terms of I'm choosing to do this, I just feel that much more in control and it reduces the stress level uh, quite substantially for me. And that, that thought might not be the thought you want to think, but I think if you just spend time and think, how do you want to feel about call? So if the fact of call is inevitable and it's a circumstance you're not going to change or you're not changing in the immediate future, How do you want to feel about it? And how do you want the call to go? And the way you change how you feel about call is you change how you think about it. So it's not about changing your number of call or that sort of stuff, though you can. But I would say first change how you think about call. Think about it in a way that makes you feel in control and a little bit empowered or a little bit neutral about it. And then if you still look at it and feel like this is too much and I, I don't really want to do this much, then make a choice to change something about the call. But start with changing what, how you think about the call. And this is so important because it's so like this downstream effect. So for me, again, when I was thinking thoughts that made me stressed for days leading up to call, made me stressed during call, made me feel overly tired after call, guess what I was doing most of those days? I was not being consistent with my eating plan. I was that stress and that, you know, over fatigue from spending so much time dwelling on how little sleep I got, all of that just made me want to eat off plan and gave my brain again, again, more stories, but excuses about why I should and why I deserved it and why it would make me feel better. And in the long run, it of course didn't. But it made it very difficult for me to stick to my plan. So the first step, clean up your stories. Think how you want to feel about call and think intentionally that way about call. And again, this will be on the worksheet that you can work through and create for yourself. Tip number two is call is inevitable. And so having been pulled away from your kitchen before you have a chance to actually prepare a lunch, that sort of stuff is pretty much expected. And again, I spend a lot of years thinking that I have no possible way to plan my meals because I have no way of knowing when I'm going to be called in because I do obstetrical call. Well, the reality is I can just plan that I need quick, easy options. So if I get called quickly, I either have food with me or I can just quickly grab it out of the fridge and go and it doesn't slow me down. And so the number two tip is think about your situation. So where you work, what's around you, what your call is like, like if you are home and getting called in or if you're if you stay in house when you're on call, that'll change things and write out a list of what your quick and easy options would be that let you eat, but let you stay on plan. So for me, that is things like if I know I have a call coming up, I'll often just double check that there's going to be leftovers in the fridge. And if that means I cook up an extra batch of protein or something like that, 
than I do. And what that means is I can quickly grab a container of some food and head out the door. And when my when Carl's been busy, what I started doing is for lunches, because I used to not pack a lunch when I'd go into round in the mornings, and then I'd be surprised when I was still there at lunch and hungry. And then again, my brain's like, oh, hey, that's okay. I've got some, I got some ideas for you on what you could eat. Just come on with me. And of course, not great ideas. Uh, so what I started doing is even if I thought, oh, I just have a hour and a half of rounding, I'll be home, I would still pack a lunch, put it in a bag, put an ice pack in it. And you know what, if I didn't use it, then I had it in the fridge for if I got called out around dinner time or if I got called out the next day. Um, and so that was really useful for me and kind of kiboshed some of that brain behavior that I was doing um, earlier. And then the other thing is just knowing like, okay, say I'm up in the middle of the night and I'm really hungry. What am I going to do? Because the middle of the night, again, different hospitals are different. For us, nothing's open. There's often food in the nurse's station, um, but there's not a lot of other choices other than fast food around. So really thinking, okay, if I'm hungry in the middle of the night, what do I do? And your options are actually just to not eat. Um, and that, I think, again, takes a little bit of thought work to get your brain around it. But really, in the middle of the night, even if you feel hungry, it doesn't actually mean that you need food. It just means your system's a little bit off because you're awake when you should technically be asleep. And so it is okay to just have some water and fast through that hunger. And then your body will just use your uh, internal stores uh, for energy. You, you won't starve by not eating in the middle of the night. The other option are quick and easy things like our hospital always has cheese in the patient fridges. So sometimes just a slice of cheese is enough if I really feel I need something. I like to keep some nuts in my vehicles. Um, again, everybody's different with nuts. Some people find nuts to be a trigger food. For, but for me, uh, I have these salt and vinegar peanuts, which aren't perfect by any means in the carb world, like they have a bit of additives, but they are tasty to me and I don't overeat them. They, I fill up quite quickly on them and it gives me that thing that when I'm just feeling so hungry or if I just really feel I want something, I've, I can just have a handful of peanuts and that usually satisfies me. The other thing I sometimes bring with me is jerky because it doesn't need refrigeration. But really, you know, there's so many different options. The big point of this that I want you to take away is you need to pre-plan it. Don't wait till you're in the moment or else it'll be like what my brain was doing. Like, oh, hey, we're still at the hospital rounding and it's lunchtime and you're hungry. Go have a break. Go get some food. And and never came up with the good options. In that moment when you're craving something and you're tired and you don't really want to be there working, you're it's going to be harder to come up with the healthy options. So pre-planning, keeping the list on your phone or somewhere where you can easily access it. So in those moments where you're like, oh, I'm hungry, but I can't think of anything healthy, you've actually already pre-done your work. All right, tip number three is drink water. I don't know what it is about hospitals, but they are drying. Like I always feel dehydrated when I've been up through the night. And maybe maybe it's something to do with being up in the night too that uh, your body needs something. But if you're dehydrated and you're not drinking water, again, some of those uh, messages can be confused for hunger. Or you can just feel restless and just kind of unhappy, more tired 
And that can be confused as signaling that you should eat. So purposefully drinking water, taking a water bottle so you can actually like have water with you um, and being aware of it, I think is a really important tip to taking care of yourself. Just if you're anything like me, put your name on your water bottle. So when you inevitably leave it at a nurse's station, you're able to come back and find your water bottle. All right, tip number four is recognize mentally, and this is using like your prefrontal cortex, that cravings and some of the hunger is not true physical hunger. So your body when sleep deprived and when stressed from working will generate more hunger hormones and more cravings, but those are like kind of misplaced signals. So at some point, our brains have connected food as being an answer to a lot of different questions. So tired, food's an answer. Uh, Stressed out, food's an answer. A little upset about being at work still, food's an answer. And so your brain learns that and probably learned it from a fairly young age. And so is very good at offering food as an option. And I would say offering it fairly convincingly, right? Like, those some of those cravings and some of that hunger that's driven more by tiredness and stuff is a very real feeling but the reality is is it's a misplaced answer it's not the correct answer and if you always go to food as the answer for the stress for the tiredness and everything else associated with call you won't actually improve any of the underlying conditions So our brain tells us we will. It tells us that chocolate bar is going to make everything better. But like I said earlier on, the reality is that chocolate bar makes it better for maybe moments. And then it actually makes it worse because you get more tired, more draggy from that chocolate bar. So if you recognize that those answers your brain is giving are just wrong, they're thought errors, then you can start redirecting it. So then you can relabel. So what I really try to do is when I feel a lot of cravings when I'm post-call, I try to relabel that like, oh, I'm really wanting to eat right now. I must need to go to bed and try to find a way to go to bed and get to sleep. And by relabeling it in my brain, I find that it makes it a lot uh, easier to tolerate those cravings and just allow those urges as they come and sit with them and not try to chase them away, not assume that there's something wrong or they're a sign of failure for me in some way, but just recognize that they are a natural part of having been up during the night and that they are just my brain having a bit of a thought error about what the right answer is. And then the final tip number five is add in extra self-care when you can. So again, we get into these loops where we just feel like we don't have any control and we have to just keep going and keep working and do the next thing. Uh, But the reality is some of it we probably do have control over. So some of those I have to things might actually be able to be delayed or delegated uh, or deferred and opening up a bit of time for self-care. And honestly, the best self-care when you are sleep deprived and you haven't slept the night before is just to go sleep a little bit. The world looks a lot better after just a little bit of sleep. Um, And so prioritizing and thinking about, okay, when I'm post-call and I haven't slept, what are the things that I need to do to take care of myself to help 
aid in my recovery so I can recover that little bit better and not carry that ongoing progressive load of sleep deprivation and stress that sometimes comes. And so maybe it's that, like I said, you say no to some meetings and just send your regrets and go to bed instead. Maybe it's you call your office and say, you know what, I need to shorten my day. Last night was rough. And you find another day to see those people when you've actually slept. Maybe it's you don't take the kids to their activities that night. And you instead ask your partner to or ask a friend to carpool them. And you go to bed at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night. Maybe it's something like just taking time to go for a little bit of a walk in the middle of your day so you actually get a little bit of physical activity and some fresh air. Whatever it is, making a plan and recognizing that that stuff is really important. I think, again, we're not taught that in medical school when we start doing call. We're taught to just keep going as much as possible and just uh, soldier through. But Really, if we want to talk about resilience and how do you do call for a career, you need to figure out how do you recover from call. That's a big piece of it. And just assuming that if you just have a full night's sleep the next night, going to bed at your normal time is your recovery, that's not adequate usually. That you will have a sleep debt that builds up. Um, And so figuring out other ways to add it back in when you're post-call and being, again, intentional about it. I think is really important. All right, so let's summarize the on-call tips. First one, watch the stories that you tell yourself. A lot of the stories our brains create about call is just actually drama and it's not actually based in truth and it just adds to your stress about being on call. So decide what you want to think about it and think that intentionally so that you feel better before you're going into your call. Number two, sit down and write out easy to access food options for you while you're on call or when you're post-call and tired and don't want to cook. And have food that, if you can, food that's readily available. Another option, like I said, is just fasting. Like just because you're hungry doesn't mean you actually have to eat in that moment. You can just experience the hunger, drink some water, and it will pass and you will be okay. Number three was drink water. Drink more water. If you're feeling unwell or restless, drink some water and see how that helps with your appetite and your food cravings. Number four is identifying that the cravings and hunger are often misplaced suggestions from our brain. So they're thought errors and it's not actually food that you need in that moment to make you feel better. So recognizing that and trying to relabel it when it comes uh, so that you actually take corrective steps that do make you feel better, that don't just create the ongoing sense of discomfort. And then number five is think about what self-care you need to post-call and be, again, intentional and deliberate with it, even if that means saying no to some stuff or asking for people to help. And I think, you know, in our medical community, I think collegiality is so important that if you ask somebody to help you out to, you know, maybe attend a meeting or maybe see a couple patients when you're really tired but you're willing to do the same for them, well, it makes it better for all of us. That's one of the beautiful things about my particular call group and my practice partners that I work with is 
there really is that sense of give and take that we help each other out when needed and we're willing to ask for help when we need it too. All right, so remember to head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash on dash call and download your on-call plan worksheet. Um, And if you are enjoying this podcast, please take the time to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. And sharing the podcast is super appreciated. So if you know people that you think would benefit, please share the podcast and let the word get out. All right, have a fantastic week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you later.